We are live. It's so good to be here with you, Haley. <laughs> Thank you for coming and and doing this interview with me. I I actually really appreciate you taking the time out of your your schedule and um, and taking the time to like put together some some thoughtful questions to hopefully help me kind of understand what has happened, what has transpired over the last two plus years. This has been such a great joy for me, a real opportunity. Mm. Um, and once I cracked the door open on my curiosity, I realized there was really a lot there. So I've been looking forward to this time too, um, just to have a chance to express some of that and to and to learn. Uh, yeah, just to learn. Well, it's, been it's, great. it's there's a uh, I'm finding some some pleasure in the full circleness of, of having someone who I interviewed on my podcast, you know, years ago. Right. Come right. back and, right. and and turn the tables on me. Right. Right. So. Well, that's part of what I want to hear about is how it is to be on that side. But hmm. we'll get to that. By yeah, and by. of course. We'll get to that by and by. Um, I was looking back over the course of this enterprise of how's the pressure and I, I don't know if my count equals your count I got 84 uh, discrete episodes that's about right yes yeah okay okay and um, and I was thinking about how you framed it your your sort of subtitle on the on the site is uh, a podcast looking behind the scenes at the world of massage and I thought okay so now we're going to look behind the scenes at the creator of How's the Pressure and, uh, and pull back the curtain a little bit mm. and, um, and see what's there. And I realized that some of the questions I had are, are necessarily personal in nature and just wanted to check that out with you and make sure that's an okay thing uh, as we proceed. It's, it's an okay thing, yes. Okay. I, I, I recognize there's uh, almost a, a, a necessity for a certain level of vulnerability um, to access... Uh, part of the true nature of what what we're trying to explore here. Right. And same was when I was interviewing uh, educators. You know, there's uh, there was always something juicy once you get a couple layers deep. Right. And I always appreciated that. So I I hope to extend the same the same intention and same courtesy to you. All right. Fair turnabout then. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. Of course. Thank you for that. Um. Just to sort of start out at, you know, level one, just mm. did you have experience with podcasts before you did this? <laughs> I mean, how did this, how did this arise? Like, I wake up one morning, oh, I'll do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, there was, there was no prior experience in either sound or video editing. Um, this was, I had a friend who started a podcast about relationships and hearing that as a medium to explore certain topics, um, kind of it, it, it sparked some kindling that was already kind of set for me, which is around mm -hmm. the, the massage industry and, and, and like what's actually happening and what people are thinking about and the topics they're grappling with. Um, and I didn't really know how to access that or how to uh, go about exploring it. And when when my friend told me about the podcast that he was doing, I actually ended up participating in that podcast with my wife. 
um, and and going through the process of, of of being interviewed for that and seeing oh this is like a really unique medium where it's almost like radio on demand and the content is both raw and and it's also necessarily like narrowed like you don't have the visual component which you're so commonly used to in body work um, online videos and whatnot so you you end up having to distill your ideas into something um, much more kind of clear and nuanced and I really enjoyed that as like a as like a um, a necessary filter to to pass through these ideas and to explore um, massage and bodywork in general so that was the the initial spark but I had no clue and trust me it was a learning experience beyond all measure with hardware I mean just from the hardware standpoint I've been through several iterations of um, uh, soundboards and recording devices and uh, learning oh uh, <laughs> I didn't push the record button that's a <laughs> that's an awkward thing let's uh, we may have to redo this episode sorry about that um, to uh, learning how to use software for sound editing like I can't tell you how uh, interesting it is to learn, oh, I can now see ums and buts and you knows in the sound pattern. Something that I visually would be like, oh, I can see it coming down the line in a way like there was, you know, that Fascinating. was n- not available to me before. Um, so, yeah, no experience. But So interesting you were attracted to the medium partly because it requires articulation yeah and now you're telling me that you came into a even a different relationship with how we do articulate even a visual appreciation of how we express yeah and well as visual creatures i think we really do rely on that a lot um and one thing about body work that i like is that oftentimes we 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 have to let go of it you know we, when we're using our tactile senses oftentimes we do that in a, a very effective way with our eyes closed and so um, accessing information through senses other than our eyes is like a f- not a very common thing, but we are, as massage therapists, somewhat used to it in a certain way. So uh, there was that kind of that, that parallel that I enjoyed. Yeah, that focus on listening. Yeah. Yeah, of various sorts. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. How did you arrive at the name? The name makes me smile every time I tell somebody about the podcast or every time. It just makes me smile. How'd you get there? That is a, a, a kind of a long story, uh, but I'll shorten it in that uh, there's a lot of names that you think are going to be great until you try them out. About <laughs> um, a number of uh, <laughs> internet domain names, uh, none of which ended up being used. Uh, you'd be surprised. Bodywork banter and massage talk sound pretty banal and weird when you actually put them into practice. Right. Um, the name How's the Pressure came uh, from my wife, actually, uh, in a brainstorming uh, session. The thing she said to me was, what do you say to your clients every time? And I said, well, ask them how the pressure is. She said, that's it. And it, you know, in retrospect, it makes a ton of sense. And I, it's al- almost like it, it had to be that. 
Right. But it was, um, yeah, so that's where it came from. Not I, obvious from the start, but you recognized it as soon as you heard it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it really works. Yeah. Yeah. Thank really you. Really a pleasure. <laughs> One second. I got to take a sip. <coughs> okay. One of the things I've been aware of as I think of this body of work that you've done, you started in 2017, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is there's been a pattern uh, throughout of very frequently as you're setting up a, a segment, you'll refer to a place where you recognized uh, a discomfort or a challenge. And um, I thought about how often this takes place in the creative process. You know, Robert Frost has this line about, you know, every, every poem begins as a lump in the throat. And it, um, it brought me to this, uh, your line on the website page about, yeah, I had a fear of public speaking, and uh, so I decided I would do this. Um, but it's more than that. I mean, you devoted a whole episode with Robin Sher to failure. Mm -hmm. um, you acknowledged before you did the segment with uh, Sparkle Thornton that you did it because you were uncomfortable. So there's this sort of pattern I'm recognizing in you. Yeah. Um, and I was, okay, so I was wondering about the fear of public speaking, like how's that going right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this one piece, yeah. but sort of beyond that, um, what, have the, what have the challenges been? And, and what's been revealed to you, a la what you discussed with Robin, uh, what's been revealed to you in that process? Hmm. Well, I will say that the fear of public speaking has significantly diminished. Um, it's part of the reason why I actually also started teaching bodywork was to speak to relatively small groups, but in a kind of public or public-ish setting. And... Uh, the podcast was yet another layer above that where it's like now, you know, thousands of people are hearing it as opposed to a, a dozen or so. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that there has been a, a definite ease uh, around some of the fear that there's, I can already, I know there's next layers of that, which is now large live audiences is one more step above that. And I still have some anxiety and uh, trepidation with regards to that. So there's some some fun edge for me for you there. That brings that visual piece back in, right? Oh, I yeah. can see them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And but as far as the you touched on that piece around failure and around going after things that made me uncomfortable. Being different. I mean there's challenge and then there's failure. And those are actually two separate questions. Yeah. You could tease yeah, those apart. Absolutely. Well I would say that the the, the challenging piece or the piece where like I'm finding myself uncomfortable, uh, I initially identified it as fear. So it's like similar to a fear of public speaking, there's the fear of tackling certain subjects or the fear of not knowing enough about something so that I would be perceived as uneducated, ignorant, uninformed, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and basically wading into waters that are too deep for my own, um, my own good. Right, and and it, it gets doubled by the fact that you're putting something out into 
the internet sphere, which has a, a history of not necessarily being kind to those who step into waters that they're not necessarily prepared to be in. Um, I will say that I have been uh, very grateful for the overwhelming support and not a lot of blowback, um, negative blowback, which has been amazing considering some of the subject matter I've actually dived into, uh, which makes lots of body workers and, and massage therapists very uncomfortable. Um, but that being said, the I actually feel like the the moment where I started to follow my fear and listen to what made me worried or anxious and in and, and a subject matter was where I the podcast really took off because suddenly I was into matters that were really juicy and it, there was a necessity to kind of show up in a state of I don't know. I can be curious and not know and that's okay. And from there, all of the, all of the questions are questions that everyone wants to know. You know, it's like, is, is pleasure okay when getting a massage? How much pleasure is okay to have when receiving a massage? Are we putting limits on that? Uh, this is stuff that, you know, naturally brings up anxiety, both in, in, in myself as a body worker and I'm, I'm sure in, in people who receive massage don't know exactly what level is quote-unquote okay. So I think once I started to hit and follow the 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 points that that stirred me emotionally on the fear and an anxiety level um, suddenly there was a lot of energy and like really profound discussion and for me um, powerful learnings I I would say one of the biggest takeaways I, I came away from uh, the podcast with in terms of taking on challenging subjects is that it's really, I feel so much more comfortable saying I don't know. Nice. And it's uh, it, it's not that I was, um, I was uh, I didn't identify as like conceited or overconfident before, but there's a difference between being silent and being more passive and just listening and being saying, I don't know, can you tell me more? Right, that's what I'm really hearing from you right now is that the, the richness of I don't know. Yeah. Um, is much more apparent to you now. The possibilities that get opened up by I don't know are so much more than not saying anything or not doing or shutting down. And I think that was one of the biggest keys that I that 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 I took away was how powerful I don't know actually is. Yeah. Um, and then on the failure piece, I, I personally have not had too much struggle with um, encountering failure in that like I don't have a ton of fear of failure um, I have failed plenty in my life <laughs> um, I, well, I welcome even welcome to the human race yeah right exactly I, I, I've I failed I think uh, a few times in starting this podcast on a number of of levels can you I say mean, a little bit more about that uh, sure I mean initially when I started the podcast I I was interviewing students I would I would interview students who had questions about bodywork and I would answer them to the best of my ability. And it was interesting. It's like there was one the first problem was that students were really interested in asking me questions when they were not on the mic. <laughs> and as soon as they were recorded, the volunteers dwindled rapidly. Um the second is that 
I noticed really quickly I found my own limitations. Mm. And it's like if I put myself in the role of the expert, um, one, I don't learn anything. Mm. Or I learn very little. Mm. The thing I learn is where my edge of understanding is. Um, and two, it's not as interesting. It's just not as interesting for someone, for a, for for people to witness me explore my learning edges as opposed to me expanding upon a certain subject and 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 learning more from other people that have different perspectives and viewpoints um and decades of experience Mm -hmm. um so i think that was a failure initially it's like i had an idea of how this podcast was going to work it was going to be a resource for students because it was a way for them to freely download um answers to questions that they asked me and it failed it was it students didn't want to ask me questions and i didn't have enough answers to make it really that that worthwhile and so i i iterated i you, know, you fail and then you try something else and you fail and try something else and pretty soon i was interviewing teachers as opposed to having people interview me right so right it's an example of of how for me failure has been something I've been fairly comfortable with. Uh, I think that on the the interviewing side, witnessing these people who are incredibly successful go through the process of failure and, and share their process of failure mm-hmm. was... I'm not sure at the time I recognized how reassuring it was, um, and I'm, I, I hope and I believe and I've heard that it is reassuring for those who have listened to, to hear how these incredible, smart, talented people who have been doing this for decades have failed many, many times, right. how used to failure they are. Right. Um, but that also that it mirrored my own experience as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really getting that piece that you just expressed so well about, about failure and its, its fruits. Um, and I'm also reflecting that as you began, your initial thought was to meet meet needs that you perceived in others. And it was really when you turned toward your own uh, need, your own interest, um, that things really began to feel more alive mm-hmm. for you and began to have an energy mm. that felt like it was rolling forward, uh, that yeah. felt more like success to you. Yeah. What a what a pithy bit for life navigation that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think that the piece that is, is you have to simultaneously hold the possibility of failure and be open to the to the energy of success at the same time and and really not hold too much of an agenda either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, grasping on to one too hard means that you're not listening enough to where something is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's you know just a balance that as entrepreneurs and people who start things, projects, businesses, um, it, it's um, a lesson that is hard learned, but ultimately really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expectations, goals yeah. changing yeah. as we go. Yeah, yeah. So you were guided, perhaps, to topics based on that inner compass of, oh, there's a 
there's a spot. There's a, there's a spot of discomfort. There's a spot of, I don't know, right? So how did you find folks to talk with? How did you negotiate that process of finding resource? I went by word of mouth. I mean, it's the same way I built my personal massage practice mm -hmm. is, um, and it, I, I felt like it would work that way for the same reasons, which is that um, there is a certain chemistry that I think evolves or, or, or appears um, both in a massage session but also in an interview uh, where the conversation, whether it is through touch or just the verbal exchange, ends up having its own dynamic and the ones that are most fruitful are where there's like there's real synergy mm -hmm. and similarly to how someone might feel your touch and be like ah I feel like you would really jive with this body worker I feel like that's that's a good fit mm -hmm. there was a similar um, kind of directionality or filter that that appeared with the interview process so I would specifically ask people who I interviewed, hey, do you know anyone who you think would be a great subject to be interviewed? And from there, they would in turn introduce me to different people. And oftentimes they would give me uh, perhaps some leads onto like what we might talk about. But I always found that the most exciting and, and um, fruitful interviews came from what was most alive in the person that I was talking to. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily in the person who was referring and not necessarily in what was going on for me. I would I would do a pre-call with each person and and talk to them and see what's what they're like what's alive for them right. and then notice what stirs in me but what's alive in them and that was usually the nugget that would the seed that would spring um, that would grow the inevitable interview that we would have and you know sometimes it would look exactly how I wanted it to look and sometimes it would look totally different you never know and that's the beauty of, of these these interactions is they can be um, totally unique or they can be well they are usually really unique but the oh, I'm gonna say this one of the beautiful things about them is they can be exactly how you think they're gonna be and other times they could be totally different, but in a way that expands your world that is really important in a way that you did you you needed but you didn't know you needed so yeah that's the that's the the beautiful thing about a thing that's alive mm -hmm. <laughs> it's unpredictable yeah uh, but yeah, so really intersubjective you were really looking for what was happening for the person and then feeling it through in yourself and mm -hmm. where's that where's that synergy where's that mutual interest yeah it was also a, a interesting process of learning how much to talk as the interviewer mm -hmm. i uh, i think i made the mistake early on of talking too much and then uh, over time recognized how I might show up in a way that would allow the person to share their experience uh, without me interjecting my thoughts. So my thoughts don't matter as much as my questions or my curiosities. And I think that was an important piece for me to learn as well. That yeah. makes sense. It's also making me very self-conscious. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense. But no, I, I, I don't mean that to... to to, oh, to, I wasn't taking it as a okay. comment. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Just 
had to turn it around and of look course. at it. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Um, so this has been a three three year enterprise, and yeah. you're looking at a pause. Yeah. So in terms of looking back, you might have significant memories, like things that are memorable. Yeah. And I'm curious about what those might be. Um, so I'll just stop there. There are other things I'm curious about looking back, but memorable. Does that come? Yeah. Bring anything there's, forward There's for a you? few of them. Um, I would say that the first one that immediately pops to my mind is doing an interview with Joanne Lewis about in infant massage, uh, which I was not. I would say incredibly. I, well, first of all, I wasn't I wasn't knowledgeable about it, and my curiosity was mostly in what is this, not um, how interesting is this. What are the different dynamics? It, it was more superficial. It was more kind of broad interest, mm -hmm. and immediately we started to dive into some really deep human needs and important human experiences that made me emotional. And it was the first time I actually teared up in an interview. Mm. And it was around the it was around the component of how she was how the organization was working with service members and how there's a very high rate of suicide. Uh, especially with service members that have missed the birth of their child. So within the first two years of missing uh, the birth of their child, there's a, I think it is the highest rate of suicide in the armed services. And working with the, the new parents and the infants and learning how to help them connect to their, their new babies and how that had a significant effect on the percentage of, of attempts and, and, and successful suicides. And to me, that was like, I, I found myself overwhelmed in a very, in a, in a surprised, like totally unexpected way. And that was both moving, but also important for me to recognize, I don't know where things are going to go. And to be open to the thing that I may not be initially like, oh, I'm super af I'm nervous about infant massage this is this is i'm so fearful of it i got to investigate it right and I, I don't need to be rigid about the about the only go after something that scares you mm -hmm. sometimes there can be beautifully moving things that come out of the most unexpected places um another moment that stood out to me was the first time i interviewed till Lucao, and he was the he was the first interviewee who gave me real pushback in an interview um there's often a cordiality cordiality what's the word yeah cordiality cordiality there's there's often a cordiality around interview like we have a a nice conversation where i ask you a question and you give me an answer and um sometimes you even say oh that's a really good question you know to like give by yourself some time but also to to be pleasant and to facilitate a, a bit like a cooperative conversation sure and instead, he would. I would ask him a question like, "Oh, um, well, how do you uh, help people that are uh, suffering with misalignment and the, the low back?" 
and he would say, how do you know they have misalignment? I'll be like, and I, I was taken back, of course. I didn't, I wasn't expecting sure. it. Sure. Wasn't, and it happened over a variety of of questions, including it got down to the point where he said, you know, how do you, why are you assuming that your client wants to get better? Right, and that's that just drilling down to the fundamental assumptions that we have, and for me that was useful on a meta process uh, with both the interview itself interview process but also for me as a body worker it had a significant effect on how I showed up to my clients and instead of feeling myself as the expert in the room or as someone who is there to provide a service it became much more soft than that it was much more my we're two people we're here I've got a set of skills you've got a set of needs let's have a conversation and I don't think I would have gotten there without pushback. The pushback helped me slow down in a way that was extremely useful. And I actually got to tell him this. I met him at uh, the San Diego Pain Summit um, earlier this year. And I, we were chatting off to the side. And I, 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 I said, I, you know, I, I just want to let you know that your interview with me was one of the most important interviews for me as an interviewer and as a body worker. Um, he asked me to elaborate, and I, I told him exactly what, I, what I've said to you here. Um, and I also recognized the pleasure in being able to give him that that acknowledgement, right. uh, both in person but also here. Like it, there's the, my the people I interview give me the gift of their time, their expertise, their experience, and sometimes I feel a little insecure in that all I have to give them as some exposure and to spread their ideas. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's always that pleasure when a client comes back to you and says, the work that you did with me was really meaningful. And so I felt like this was an opportunity to do something similar with one of my interviewees. Um, and so thank you, Till, if you're listening. Um, it, was, it was incredibly important and special. I just need a moment with that. When I was curious about what you might have taken from this process, I was thinking, well, there would be content that you might have taken. There might be process that you would have taken. You've actually addressed some of both of, the, of those things already. Is there anything else that you would want to share along either of those lines in terms of in terms of takeaways looking looking back either around the content that was shared or the process as it evolved? Hmm. I think there's there's a way in which somehow over the course of these conversations, maybe through osmosis and just being near people who have been doing this work for so long, um, I was able to feel something of what it's like uh, 
it's harder to describe it other than to say being able to 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 have a very confident presence without an overwhelming ego. Interesting. And and we all have uh, you know varying degrees of 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 both, but I think that that was one thing that really stood out to me is how sure of some of yourself someone can be. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, not necessarily know what's best for you. Nice. And I think that piece, if I were to to say there's something that happened off camera or off mic that I could distill and wish I could share with my listeners, it would be that piece, that that presence. Because we talk about presence in body work a lot. We do. And it's 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 a hard thing to carry over in any medium, video a little bit better than than the audio format but still I think there's something missing when you have the screen there mm-hmm. and when I'm live and 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 speaking with a person mm-hmm. I can feel mm-hmm. their like just how they sit in their body and how they're clearly and cleanly addressing me and just by being in that presence there's there's transmission transmission yes yeah. And I wish I could distill that and and give that to to my listeners, but it's all I can do is 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 say what it felt like. Well, just speaking as a listener, we get that some mm-hmm. as we behold you speaking with others, as we behold you asking asking the clean question as we behold you making space for the answer we we get that some Mm. um i feel i've learned uh in listening and i doubt that's unique yeah well that's that's good to hear that's really good to hear i uh, it's not something that i've voiced very much so i haven't gotten a lot of feedback on that particular piece well thank you for sharing that yeah thank you thanks for delineating appreciate that i'm i'm also sort of looking forward with takeaways i wonder if there are other ways you're aware of that your practice has changed uh, as a result of this project yeah and then further i have a question about your your take on the profession having spoken with so many people um so in whatever way you want to approach those yeah. two related. Well, I'll start with the the effect it's had on my on my practice. I think that I've mentioned a couple of things around how I've shown up with clients. Mm-hmm. You have, and the I would say the the boost to my soft skills that has occurred. the The piece that I haven't spoken about is, uh, and it kind of flows into. The the fear and the following the uncomfortable sensations. I have learned that one of my biggest edges is uh, being a nice guy and um, not taking up, being worried about taking up too much space. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to running a business, that can actually be a hindrance and so one of the one of the reasons why this podcast is going on hold is because I am turning my attention back to my business mm. and and growing it 
and one of the ways that it's important for me to step forward is in is living into the type of leader and the type of person that I that I would want to be if I was an employee like live if I was if I was if I was try and say this I think that the piece that is like the most alive for me at this moment is figuring out how to step into the role of leadership in a way that I can still be a nice man, but not a passive leader. And that that dynamic is something that is hard for me on an identity level. And I notice the same kind of fear uh-huh. getting stoked up when I when I when I observe it and when I think about shifting it. And so as I turn my attention to my business and focus on this kind of personal and semi-professional development, that's where I feel the most like charge and the most growth edge for me. Um, did I answer your question there? I think so. Let me say what I'm hearing. Okay. And you can tell me if, if this is if this is correct. I'm hearing the experience of doing the podcast gave you um, a you you got into the groove of recognizing the the, the value and the, the productive worth of following a particular type of feeling. And you're recognizing this feeling again. Um, and the breadcrumb trail is going over here. And so you're following. Yeah. And that feels, that has a rightness to it. And so that's actually a, that's actually a sequel of the podcast. It's <laughs> actually a, 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 but it comes from this experience, which was my question. Yes, was it comes from the How experience. has this experience yeah. affected your practice? And you're saying, well, I'm, I want to move into my practice as this kind of a person. Yeah. Um, and that was going to require intention and moments of unc- discomfort and understanding that I won't do things perfectly every right, time right. and practicing self-forgiveness. Right. And I think it's also to recognize that you know I've done a couple of episodes on burnout mm-hmm. and on self-care. And yes. I also recognized that the the pace of growth of my personal business was not what I wanted it to be, and there are many factors that I could have pointed pointed to, but the most significant was how much time and energy and attention I was giving it. Mm-hmm. And so, if I combine giving it my full attention with this new way of being, the 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 being the leader that I think is the most appropriate and the most helpful. I, I was just talking to my wife earlier about it, and the the idea that the nice guy can't be a, a strong leader is a total fallacy. It's a, it's a made-up, fear-driven lie. It's that a I've false tol- binary, right? That I've told myself. And in fact... I've witnessed myself in my private practice be less of a good leader 
because I've been too quote-unquote nice, which basically means too passive, not clear, not assertive. So many people, and we, we see this in our, our, our private practices as well, it's like oftentimes the boundaries, the parameters, the clear, the clear given walls around the container that we give our session is what makes our clients feel safe. It's, al- it's what allows them to access levels of recovery and healing that they wouldn't otherwise. If it's a totally empty, vacuous container, there's, there's not, maybe not enough to go off of. And so I think that bringing those same principles where mm-hmm. it's, if you're in an environment where there, there, it, nothing is clear and there are no uh, real hard and fast rules, uh, what am I doing and why? So I take that to the extreme, but the, but the point remains is that for me, understanding that being a nice guy actually might not being a nice guy, not be not be being the nicest guy, right? It's like that piece is um, sometimes counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's an important growth edge for me. That's makes so much sense, what you're describing. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're talking about excavating the, w- the word nice. Like, how are, how are you going to be truly, deeply nice, which has lots of other stuff in it. But mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What, the, what the is the most loving? What is the most service-oriented? What is the most, yeah. And the falsehood that being clear is... Uh, somehow not nice. It's not nice, exactly. It's rude right, or it's, right. yeah. It's conflating nice with actually mm-hmm. other ways of being, which is small, passive. Mm-hmm. Um, ambiguous. Ambiguous, vague, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm trying to move out of that space and into a space that's a lot more clear. You've had the opportunity to speak with so many people with depth of education and depth of experience, and I just heard you express uh, personal desire and goal and direction. Um, How will you continue to support yourself as you move forward? Let me say one little piece to try to explain that question a little better. If I were used to these interactions, which are, as you described earlier, so alive um, and unpredictable and rich, fruitful, uh, on a regular basis, 31 times a year, um, and then I stopped would be wondering how my need for that, how my appreciation for that was going to get fed. Do you have a sense of that as you move forward? Mm. I don't have a sense of that in this, in this moment in time. Mm-hmm. I often find that the, that the hunger that develops 
oftentimes is a really good motivator to get stuff done. To get stuff done. And to seek out that which feeds you. I imagine that there's going to be a letdown internally around the acquisition of experience and knowledge. But how that pushes me forward, I can't foresee. It might be exploring my curiosity and information in in other ways Mm -hmm. and not necessarily around specific techniques or modalities or or topics specific to bodywork. Um, on the other hand, it might be a period of time where that hunger grows and I come into the next season of How's the Pressure with a fervor and an intensity that drives really powerful and interesting content. Mm-hmm. Both are, are possibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm open to whatever actually shows up and is organic and true for me. Inspiring. How how is it being on the other side of the uh, microphone process here? Less scary than I thought it would be. Good. There's you get used to the whatever we do consistently, and for me, it's been on the asking side. The mm-hmm. I'm curious about this. What mm-hmm. what 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 are your thoughts on mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And there's excitement and anxiety with having to be the one who who knows and i would say the the good thing that's being revealed to me in this is that uh, it's not necessarily what you know it's what you've seen it's what you've experienced and just sharing that and again i don't have to be an expert i can just share what is true for me and not necessarily this is this is how things are uh, i think that's it's really easy to get caught up in facts versus mm-hmm. non-truths or lies mm-hmm. and while those things are really important mm-hmm. there's also your personal experience mm-hmm. and what's true for you doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be true for other people mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's any less valid to you and sometimes it's just really interesting to hear what other people are going through some pieces of it ring true for other people and other parts not so much that's all well and good the the more we can explore it i think the better and the less attachment we have to this means everyone else should be like that mm-hmm. or this means this is should be the uniform experience um i think that's it's a, it's a hard a hard lesson in today's world where uh, righteousness um seems to be synonymous with power and Mm. I'm I'm in pretty significant defense of of the opposite whereas it's really powerful to say you don't know and and yet here's my experience up to this point this is what I've seen but I, I ultimately I don't know what it all means right but I'm grateful for those experiences right Well, I'm grateful for this experience. I wanted to take this opportunity 
I get to do this on behalf of all the people who've benefited <clears throat> from the podcast. I get to say thank you for creating this podcast, for learning all the things that you had to learn, uh, and being being willing and interested coming into this process of not knowing. Thank you for seeking the range of interviewees and topics that you did, which is so broad. And thank you for walking artfully between information and sort of professional discussion that's around content and, and bringing your heart forward in every interview so that I'll speak personally now, so that I remained interested. You were never without heart, without personhood in the, in the proceedings, and that was a real gift for me in terms of the information. Thank you. S sure. Easy. So... Um, This is opportunity for you, consummate and practiced interviewer, to say, well, if I were going to ask myself a question, it would be this. Uh, is there a question you would like to ask? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, is there something that, uh, that hasn't been brought forward that you would like to offer? And also, is there anything you want to say to those of us who are listeners um, directly at this point? I think that would that would be the question I would ask is what what would you if you could say something directly to the people that you've been speaking to for a couple of years now what would it be and totally unprepared and <laughs> <laughs> and not premeditated I would say thank you I would just the most heartfelt thank you for giving me a platform to explore really interesting and rich experiences with people who are incredibly smart and talented and make me feel good about humanity at large. The listeners both made it possible, made it worthwhile, made it interesting. It was... Yes, it was me exploring things that were interesting for me, but I ultimately did it for them. Because if it's just me talking to somebody, then that doesn't go anywhere. And so I, I can't thank them enough because they are the podcast. Well, thank you. And your growth has been ours. Thank you, Linda.